The question is, how many hours can you work at a retail store before you lose your mind? Okay, so the real tea is, is I've been gone for a fairly long time. Um, I'm so sorry. I had, I don't know, I just got caught up senior and trying to produce my show and edit my show and working and family, but I made a commitment and I love this. Um, and I think because I love this, I might be sabotaging myself. I'm just going to be honest at the end of 2019. But I'm back, you jazzy beans. Let's talk about what we've missed since I've been gone. Yay! Welcome back to Hello Joy. It's your girl, Eliana Rowe. Um, way back. I already mentioned in the spontaneous intro that I'm sorry for being gone so long. Um, lots of things have been happening in my life. I don't want to revamp it. I'm going to probably get into it in this episode, but lots of changes, lots of good changes. Um, lots of exciting things like my show, guys. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, so we'll get into that. But first, as we always do, let's get into our daily affirmations. Yeah. Okay, because I've spent so much of my time when I'm on breaks from my eight-hour shifts at work every day that I've been here at home, Except for the other day, because I got sick. Um, And also Christmas and everything, but it's been lots of work and family. I've been on Instagram, filling in my time. And if not Instagram, working on my play. Um, But that being said, I'm subscribed to a lot of like accounts that are like, hey, this is how you want to be your best self in 2020. This is how you want to like reach your higher self. This is like your zodiac sign and all of this stuff. So some of it is bullshit, but some of it is really good. And there was this one that I saw that I really loved. Um, It's from this account called The Mind Geek. And it says, it takes more than the start of a new year to let things go. Be kind to the part of yourself Be kind to the parts of yourself that are healing. It takes more than the start of the new year to let things go. Be kind to the parts of yourself that are still healing. Yeah, I really like that one because, I mean, we're kind of entering into a new decade, you know, so there's like this pressure that 2020 is the year that you will have great vision, that you will let go of all of these past hurts, all of this trauma, all of this stuff, all in one go. But that's not the way healing works. That's never the way healing has ever worked. Um, And so I think it's okay to relieve ourselves of the pressure of feeling like 2020 has to be like the best year ever to the start of the best decade ever, to the start of the best decade of your life. So 
we're going to alleviate that pressure before we even get into the fullness of this episode. And the second one is um, from another Instagram account called The Female Therapist. Easy to spot a yellow car when you're always thinking of a yellow car. Easy to spot opportunity when you're always thinking of an opportunity. Easy to spot reasons to be mad when you're always thinking of being mad. You become what you constantly think about. Watch yourself. This has been something that's been in my life for years. I, um, when, I was a, when I was a teenager, I did... <laughs> still really anxious then, still really anxious now. Um, but I used to watch a lot of like teleministers... Um, one of my favorites being Joyce Myers. And she wasn't like one of those evangelists who would be like, you have to donate to our miracle water or something like that. She would just like sell her books, um, which are actually really good. And she's pretty dope. She's like the 70 year old, really like saucy, sassy woman from Texas. But um, something that she always used to say is like mind over matter and that you, you become what you think about. you What you think about you become and all of this stuff. Um, and as someone who struggles with anxiety, is that the thought, like the ruminating thoughts and all of those like <laughs> obsessive thoughts that come out of nowhere? And it could be about anything. You could be like going about enjoying your day. And then all of a sudden there are like 350 images of like you seeing all of your loved ones being like hurt or killed in some way or you dying in some way or everything in your life that is good not working out. This is what Brene Brown calls as foreboding joy. It's something my mind likes to do a lot. Um, but something that Joyce Meyer always said was that when those thoughts happen, you have to learn how to consciously think about your life. So that means when those thoughts come in, you have to remind yourself of who you are and remind yourself of where God is bringing you to and remind yourself of how you will become um, where you're trying to go. So things like that would include like when you wake up in the morning, decreeing and declaring who you are, what your day is going to be, and how you're going to be blessed. Um, and I think that's what this quote is getting at, is that you have to consciously think about the good things that are going on in your life. And if they're not happening in your life, um, that it's important to speak them into your life, decreeing things that are not as though they are. So yeah. I don't know if that grammar was correct, but that's always something we used to say in my church. Um, yeah. So those are our daily affirmations. As always, please feel free to go back, listen to it again. Find these accounts on Instagram. I found that they've been really dope and helpful. I think I found one of them in my like search section. I, I recently subscribed to it because I saw this quote and I was like, ah! gonna use it um but thank you the female therapist and thank you the mind geek for giving us our quotes today yay let's get into that one two three joy today's one two three joy we've missed so much because I've been inconsistent. Um, but I'm going to hit the highlights of the past few weeks in my triumphant win, Joy Bud and Graceful Fail. That will span all that time. You see, it's conscious. You see what I'm doing? It's conscious. Right, right. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so we're going to start with the triumphant win as we always do. And my triumphant win for I guess this past month, month and a half-ish is I casted my show. So I've kind of think I've spoken vaguely about this piece. Um, but I wrote my own one woman show entitled My Paper Mache Monster, which is all about my journey with my mental health. Um, it's kind of like a coming of age story and learning how to cope with anxiety and depression. And also like um, how my toxic view of God has informed those things and how that's not who God is um, and working through that. Yeah. Um, and at first I thought it was going to be a very simple kind of just me on the stage, shadow work, stuff like that. Um, but it's blown up into something much bigger. Um, there's a total of seven movers, uh, three voiceover actors, not including the person who's playing God and the person who's playing my paper mache monster. So that's a lot. Um, one of my closest friends at Fordham, that's the school that I go to, she's directing the show for me. And I love her and she understands my wacky creative brain and she can finish my sentences and really like reduce them down to the sense that I'm trying to say because sometimes I get really verbose or um, I make things more complicated than they need to be. And she helps me to like, like get, get to the, get to the sauce, you know? Um, So I'm really excited about it. I'm pretty sure I'm done with my next draft, which is, I guess, another triumphant win. There's been lots of ups and downs. I've cried so much, um, but the cast is fire. I love all the people who are in it. Um, And so many people came to audition for my show, which I was like really nervous about. I was like, people aren't gonna be into this and it's just gonna be me, blah, 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 blah. Um, But God has been showing me along the way that like what what he prepares for you is for you and um, everything will fall into place. And like all that is required of you is to trust and believe in in the vision that he's placed inside of you. And also um, what does to stay humble, but, but humbleness is not, humbleness is not synonymous with them. Self, Consciousness, which happens with this work, because there's lots of vulnerability, right? And it, it hurts to do this work because it requires lots of growth and it requires like changing limiting beliefs and all of this stuff. But then um, it's, 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 I can't figure out the word that I'm trying to find, but that's okay. Maybe it'll come back to me later. Maybe it's not important. That's my triumphant win. Well, you guys are getting a like very externally processy me this morning, um, but that's okay. We're embracing that. Yeah, that's my triumphant win. I'm really excited, and I've have such a wonderful creative team. Um, some of which I really believe might be life collaborators. So that's really wonderful, and my heart is screaming. Um, so yeah, that's triumphant win. Joybud is. Honestly, a, a new one for me, maybe new, new one this semester, but I feel like with some time away, because the summer was really, the summer was a lot for me being at home and everything. And I think my family has this thought or had this thought, and I had this thought too, that when I graduated, I was going to fly away. Like it was, I might come back one or two times a year, but it wasn't going to be a lot. It was going to be like, I was going to be gone. I was going to be gone. Um, because when I came back from London, I, I did this this class called Alexander Wright. And throughout it, I just felt like I kept all of my childhood trauma kept resurfacing. And I was like, whoa, 
these are all the things that are wrong with me. And these are all the things that are wrong with me because of this. And oh my God, I have to go back to this place where all of these things like started to form. And oh my gosh, I'm going to have to deal with it all at once. And that's going to be really a lot. So my response, as my response sometimes is, is to run away. Um, but <laughs> I feel like God has been changing that this semester for me. And like every time that I've come home, not that it hasn't been hard because it has been, um, and sometimes I still have trouble like coming home, but he's been helping me to have a paradigm shift about the way that I view family because my family is incredible. And although like, of course, this is with every family, right? You have, you have those isms and schisms or like relationships where it's like, ah, we have to work on this, but that doesn't mean that the relationship is for not. It just means that the relationship needs growth and that's okay. That is okay. Um, Y'all, I'm just going to say real quick, I'm, my family moved this semester, so we're in a new apartment, and this one, unlike the old one, you can hear the noises everywhere. I tried to find the quietest place in my home, um, but you might hear a baby cry. You might hear what's happening right now, um, someone vacuuming, so I apologize. It is what it is. Um... Most of the other episodes that I'll be doing with you guys in 2020 will probably be in my dorm room, which might be a little bit quieter. So yeah, that's it for joy, bud. Um, I'm learning the paradigm shift and that like, even though there's so much, there's like, there's room for us to grow. There's so much wealth and beauty and like, and treasure and just rootedness that I found in my family that I love. Um, And I really cherish all of them. And I feel like I... Like I needed to come home for this break to like reconnect with that in a deep way. And God is showing me that again. And I feel like maybe the me who I was in 2017 is starting to come back around again. Cause I think she knew that. And in 2018 and 2019, I am what my sister and I talked about yesterday as like miserable and a bit insufferable cause I was, but we're working on that. Yeah. All right, so my graceful fail is, okay, y'all, this happens to me a lot. This has been happening to me a lot this semester. This, I mean, the past three months. Um, goodness gracious. I have what I like to call social blackouts. I'll be like, I'll, I'll either be having coffee with someone or um, it'll be like one of those small talk situations where you're like, you're talking with your cashier as you're checking out. And, and like, it's friendly and it's nice. And then like, I literally glaze over and it's not because I'm no longer interested in the conversation, but it's because I like, don't know the next question to ask. And then my body like shuts down. Um, and so I was in Target yesterday with my sister and we were like, we were getting some stuff to like organize the toys that our nieces got for Christmas. And we're getting a little care package for my sister because there's this, been this plague that's been spreading around. Um, and so... Wow, that's so loud. Oh, okay, so um, there was this girl who was, I was trying to use my dis, my Target discount because I, I worked two jobs over the summer. And she was like, oh, you work at Target? I never see you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I work at the Starbucks over here, but I go to school in the city and I'm going to graduate. So hopefully they could transfer me down there if I need a job and I want to stick with Target. I can do that. And um. She's like, oh, that's cool. I'm from the city and I like, I stay up here when I'm working here for school. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. Then there was nothing else. 
there was nothing else. I didn't say anything else. Um, and she looked like she wanted to talk more, like she wanted to get into some stuff. And like, it's not that I was opposed to that, but my body blacked out. My body and my mind said, Ugh, and then it stopped. So that was unfortunate. Um, but that's one of my graceful fails of this, this semester with new people. Um, cause I feel like I'm, I'm starting to find like new people that I think are really dope, um, that I want to get to know more. But I keep having these weird social blackouts where I either like black out and don't know what to say or I like vomit everything that's in my head right now. And I'm like a little leaky faucet just like sprouting everywhere. Um, Not that that's bad. I'm in a cycle of healing right now where that's maybe the step that I'm in where I'm just kind of a little bit frantically all over the place. I was talking with um, one of my old directors about this a couple of days ago and I don't know talking to her about it made me feel a bit better because I feel like I like sometimes I forget that that's a part of the creative process like I'm working on a very vulnerable story right now so I feel very raw all of the time um I'm at home so that's another level of vulnerability and like I'm, I don't know I'm just God is like I'm just there's I'm like you know the operation game all my guts are just chilling out in the open and I'm like dang it everybody can see everything (laughs) just frustrating but that's part of vulnerability that's part of healing and it's okay to say all right self this is what you're feeling i'm gonna give you some self-compassion it's okay to be in this state it is okay it is okay i do not shame you um go through what you gotta go through process what you gotta process so yeah that's the one two three joy Wow, that was a long one. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot going on. So that's my one, two, three joy. Let's get into the main segment. And now for the main segment. 19 things I learned in 2019. Number one, there's a difference between masturbatory storytelling and testimonial storytelling. Don't let your mind trick you. So masturbatory storytelling is a storytelling that forgets the reason why the audience is there. I think testimonial storytelling is storytelling that is not only for the release of the creator, but is for um, seeing the audience in case anyone else can relate to it. Um, A testimony is speaking what you've been through so that other people can get free too. It's twofold. Um, I've needed to think about that recently, just in framework of, in the framework of my show and also in the framework of the work I want to do with my life. So yeah, that was an important paradigm shift that my sister gave to me yesterday. Two, vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. It's your superpower. So at the end of 2018 and throughout most of 2019. I have been reading this book called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. You've heard me talk about it on this podcast before. I love this book. She really helped me reframe my perspective on the way that I view vulnerability because I, 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 it's, I'm not the greatest at it. I think I used to think that I was very vulnerable um, and I was good at like being honest and open about my feelings, but I was really good at floodgating, which is actually where you just share everything about yourself possible to someone who you don't know that you can trust um, as a way of pretending that you're vulnerable, that you're being vulnerable when you're not really being vulnerable. 
um, and not knowing that they can hold the weight of your story. And I think I did a lot of that. Uh, but yeah, she's been reminding me how to be vulnerable without sabotaging myself or dismissing myself because I think that I tend to be a very like open gushy kind of person where I'm a mess it's like visible that I'm being a mess a little bit um which I hope is part of my charm um (laughs) when people interact with me but I don't know she's helped me find a safer way in in being vulnerable um with the way that I am as an artist, the way I am as a person, uh, and also making sure that it's not floodgating or foreboding joy or all of these things that, and all these terms that she came up with that are really false vulnerability or like the way that we protect ourselves from vulnerability or resist it. Um, and it's helped me start to begin a path of self-compassion where I allow myself to feel vulnerable without trying to manipulate or control it so that I deem who gets to see me really be honest. Which I think is a really valuable lesson. Three, anger is powerful. Not all of it is negative. You can use it to change things. And it's also a sign that your boundaries are being stepped on. And it's okay to restate them when they do get stepped on. That's a really long one, three. Uh, Because that's also been a really big part of my journey in relationships with old friends who maybe aren't friends anymore. Um, In relationship to my work, in relationship to mentors and uh, even people who are supposed to guide and lead me. Um, We all make mistakes, so no like shaming or condemnation to them. But also, like, it's okay to get angry at systems and to get angry at the way that you are treated, but it's also necessary to take the next step of, okay, well, what boundaries do I need to take and what boundaries do I need to set so that things like this don't happen again? Or so that, like, I know when the line is being crossed and I can say, hey, that's a line I drew with you, you cannot cross that line. I think it's also important to look at anger um, as honestly as a use of power. Um, I saw this show in London called Amelia, and it's all about Amelia Bassano, who, like in Shakespeare's sonnets, he writes about this dark lady. That's Amelia Bassano. Um, She's an incredible, brilliant woman of color who was a writer and honestly probably informed much of Shakespeare's works, including the titles and even the language that he used. Incredible poetess. Um, But she wasn't able to write at that time because she was a woman and she could only write under like the religious text, but that's not the writing that she wanted to do. And anyway, Shakespeare got all the limelight. She got all the flack. Um, (laughs) And she gets really angry and really mad because she just wants to use her voice, but nobody will allow her to or let her. And so she uses her anger to like teach all these people in the red light district and all these washerwomen like how to be educated um, and how to write for themselves and use their own voice and starts this huge revolution. And she uses her anger to incite change. And in the end, she's like, no, it's okay to be angry. Use your anger. And I'm like in the front row. She's talking about writing your own work. This was me after I wrote the first draft of the play that I'm about to produce. And I'm like crying, tears streaming down my face. And I saw it um, with one of the friends that I made in London who really like changed my life. Um, (laughs) So we're watching it together, crying, streaming, (laughs) front row seats, 
really tearing it up there because what she was saying was so powerful and so true is that anger is not always bad and I I've been told to watch out for that my entire life um I got put into enrichment classes that's actually how I first got into art is they put me into like these art enrichment classes and uh these drama classes because they were like whoa Eliana she's passionate that's the word that they would always use in my report cards to be like "Ooh, she's passionate um because I feel things very deeply and when something is wrong I seek to change it and people sometimes think that I'm fairly ambitious or that um I might be a hothead but I'm not a hothead for the sake of being hothead um I get angry at injustice and what I've realized is that I can use the anger that I feel to create new systems that actually hopefully see people um, and to make that change myself if I'm seeing that it's not being done by other people. And so that's been, oh, bless you. Um, But that's been a lot of my work. I think recently as an artist informing my vision, that's come from the anger that I felt in 2019. So yeah. Four, it's all in the paradigm shift. I've been talking about that phrase a lot, which comes from another book, which is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And my sister gave me the teen version when I was 19, and I kind of stopped at paradigm shift. I read through that and then stopped reading it, and I kind of want to go back to it. Uh, But that's all about changing the view through which you look at a situation in your life. So if you're looking at something that's really negative right now, the paradigm shift would be, well, what can I learn from this? What's the other way of looking at this so that I'm not just stuck in the affect of it, you know? And so that's been a big lesson for 2019. Um, Five, let. I've told you guys a lot about Alexander in our short sessions here. And it's something that has really challenged me and helps me learn to breathe. But yeah, letting letting go of things you cannot control. And that means tension in the body, tension in, in the head, tension that you hold in relationships when you cannot control the way things go, when you cannot control the safety for people that you love. That's something that bothers me sometimes. Uh, I've recently gotten, gotten really into, well, I've always kind of been into, into like personality tests and astrology, and sometimes I need to chill on that. But one of the big parts of my personality, if you look at all of the different like things where it's my Enneagram or my Myers-Briggs or my five love languages, is that I'm a defender. I'm a big protector of people. Uh, that's, my main, that's my main thing about me. Uh, but you cannot always protect others. It's not always possible. And you shouldn't always put that pressure on yourself. And sometimes you just have to let go. Actually, there's so much power in letting go. And so that's been something that I've been learning a lot in 2019. Yeah. Six, joy as an act of resilience. So before I was talking about anger, then I was talking about letting go. And now I'm talking about joy, which is the whole premise of this podcast. This is the biggest maybe lesson I learned in London. I was seeing rainbows everywhere and God took me on this really trippy, really trippy journey. And I was not doing drugs, I swear. It was just me and God and working through my sadness. Um, (laughs) But joy really is a weapon that you can use. And it's not that when you, I've, I've 
if you haven't listened to the first episodes of this podcast, I just want to encourage you to go back because I've explained, I explained there the difference between joy and happiness. But joy is something that you can carry with you throughout any circumstance in your life because you don't, you don't have to, it's not a circumstantial thing. Joy is a choice. It's a choice, a thing that you choose no matter what circumstance you are in. Um, and it's, it's kind of like an inner peace. Happiness is more so about circumstantial. Like I get an A plus on an exam. Ooh, that made me happy. It's something external giving your internal worth. But joy is affirming the internal without external um, guidance or information or like acclamation or whatever it is. It's you giving yourself joy. Um, which I think has been a big thing for me because I tend to outsource my power. Um, and you know, as an artist, as we do, we get lots of, that's the whole thing is that you do a thing, you create a creative piece of work. And it's not that you're like, oh my gosh, praise me for my work. But like what happens is after you finish whatever you're doing, you go out and people tell you about your work. And oftentimes it is nice things. And so when you receive something like that, um, then it's like, okay, that's how this works. I do a thing. Other people will remind me that I am worthy. And then I go home and I know I am worthy. And that's not how that works. Um, It's an internal process, understanding your wholeness and your worthiness. And it cannot be the responsibility of another person. And I think that joy as an act of resilience is something that really pays attention to that part of yourself is that you are in charge of your own resilience. And joy is something that can remain in you whether you are, um, I don't know, whether no matter what circumstance you're going through, it's something that you can learn to cultivate um, And sometimes you might need help from a professional. You might need help with medication. You might need help with other things to help you get there because our brains do not all work the same and that is okay. They are all equally awesome and brilliant. We just need help in different ways sometimes and that's okay. Um, But we can learn joy. We can. Uh, We might have to take different steps to get there, but it's something we can learn for sure. And it's something I've learned most definitely. And especially this being a year, this is, I've gone a full year in 2019 without therapy, which I don't know that that's a good thing because I feel slightly insane, but I've had other processes that have really helped me out and I'm getting back into it in 2020 for sure. I just had a bad therapist experience um, towards the end of 2019. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that's kept me going this year. Seven, you don't have to trust everything that you think. Just because you think a thought does not mean it's true. Um, And it's okay to not stop the thought immediately. Because when you resist it, then the thought will come back again. So sometimes you just have to let the thought run its course. Um, You have to remind yourself that everything that you think is not a thought to be trusted or not a thought that is true. Eight. Wholeness cannot be found from other people wholeness is found from within you have to create that safe space inside of you rather than trying to find it in other people because people will fail you all of the time that's what we do it's our nature 
because there's circumstances and things that we go through that makes us unable to be available for another person or maybe we're going through some stuff or maybe we are lacking our wholeness so if we not solely rely on ourselves and isolate that's not what i mean but know that at the end of the day your wholeness comes from within you relationships connection being connected to other people that is all stuff that happens after the foundation um, and not that it's always sequential because it's not. Sometimes you have more rooted connections with other people before you have a fully formed like sense of self within you. But know that you will, you will not feel satisfied until you feel whole within. And that's something that I've had to learn this year because I've, I've tried the whole isolationist thing. I've tried like really being deeply wedded to a relationship. Um, it was just codependency and I relied on that to like complete my whole worth and it got real rough um and that's why at the beginning of 2019 God was like nope that's done goodbye uh to help me learn that all of the strength that I'm seeking from from other people whether it be systems like my toxic what what is and what I'm like coping from and learning to heal from my toxic view of God um relying on everybody else to have the answers for me so I don't have to take responsibility for my life uh relationships and partners who are like way more grounded than me or thinking even that thought that they're way more grounded than me or better than me and sussing out like people who are like that so that they can answer my questions and help me not feel so scattered that doesn't work it does not work let me tell you I have tried um you have to learn to trust yourself. And it's a journey and it's really hard. It's a lifelong journey, but it's 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 better to start now than like 30 years down the road. Your relationships will get stronger because of it. I felt that so much this year. Like my friends are like I like I love them. And because I'm like working through my own self-worth and like being able to like kind of tackle that for myself, it's making it easier to have friendships and to have relationships and to trust the people in my life because I'm also learning to trust myself at the same time, you know? Um, so that's a big one. That's a big one. Nine, know that you know that you know that you know, which is connected to eight, which is trusting your gut because you know what's going on. You just got to tune into it and stop doubting it. You got to uncondition yourself from, or decondition? Uncondition yourself from thinking that everybody has the answers and you don't. More often than not, your body will tell you what is up. Your body is a score, dang it. Um, 10, don't play the obstacle. 11, it takes so much work to forgive. Sometimes it's a daily act. And just because you say you forgive someone doesn't mean that it's not like you have to commit yourself to that forgiveness. Honestly, for me on a daily basis, because what will happen is I might say I forgive you and then I'll be walking through life. And then another thing will pop up that you did another time. And then I'm like, oh, dang it. Do I want this person in my life? Um, I could kind of go to the extremes of that sometimes, but it kind of takes a reminder for me and I have to say to myself, I say self, well, you, you, you want to forgive this person. And so today we're going to commit to forgiving this person. They're going to commit to forgiving this person. 
We're going to commit to forgiving this person because forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. 12, platonic intimacy is priceless. This probably goes back to friends. I love my friends. Um, And also sometimes you meet like strangers or new people who you just deeply connect with and you're like, whoa, that's powerful. But that doesn't mean that it's, that it's romantic. It can be platonic and be intimate. That's a thing. And that's okay. And that's actually really dope. And honestly, sometimes better than romantic intimacy. Um, so don't neglect platonic intimacy. That's something I've learned in 2019. 13, don't outsource your power, which is the thing like don't assume that everybody knows everything and you know nothing. You have a lot of power within and you can trust that. 14, it's so much nicer to read yourself to sleep than to watch TV and sleep. I've been trying to do this while I'm at home. Some nights I have not done well and other nights I have. But it's just easier on the brain uh, because blue light, you shouldn't like watch things or look at things that have blue light at least two hours before you go to sleep, I think it is. Because it just makes your brain want to process more. And so reading's a really nice way to like slow things down. Um, 15. Yeah, this goes back to the body as a score. A lot of understanding who's meant to be in your life is the way your your respiratory system responds when you're around them. The big question that I've started asking myself as 2019 is can I breathe around you? And that's a big question. And if I can't, then the next question I ask is, okay, well, why? Because that might be me trying to not be seen by you because I'm like, okay, I feel like you see me and that scares me. And so I'm going to run away from you. (laughs) Or it could be a thing of, ooh, my body's telling me that something's off. And maybe it means that the relationship is not supposed to go deeper than what it is. So pay attention to the way you breathe around people. something that I've learned in 2019. 16. Talent without consistency means nothing. Consistency is everything. I'm saying this to myself without hopefully shaming myself because that's something I've struggled with in 2019. I've had all these ideas and thoughts and they're they're strong ideas. They're strong. But I have not committed to them <laughs> completely, you know. So That's something that I want to work towards in 2020, but that's something I learned in 2019 too, is talent without consistency is nothing. 17, or is is incomplete. 17, sometimes we confuse distraction for healing. You can be distracting yourself and think that you're healing because you're not thinking about the thing you're supposed to be healing from, but that doesn't mean that you're healing. 18, The chaos you feel in your cycle of healing is necessary. Don't be afraid to fall apart. Falling apart is necessary so that you can build it back up again. So don't be afraid to fall apart. And 19, which is the last one, which I actually have to thank one of my professors this semester for giving to me. But 19 is give yourself away. Don't be afraid to give yourself away. Don't be afraid to let yourself be seen as you are, sometimes as the mess, the beautiful chaotic mess that you are, because that part of you is worthy to be seen. You don't have to hide it and stuff it away from people. All of you is worthy. 
All of you. Always. So thank you for tuning into the 19 things I learned in 2019. I want to hear what you learned in 2019. So please feel free to DM me on Instagram. Let me know how you feel. How was your 2019 for you? Let's process together. We are up to turning pages. Turning pages. Turning pages. Okay. The challenge, which you honestly only have a couple days to complete. But if you do it before 2020, if you do it after 2020 happens, that's totally okay too. I saw this again on Instagram. There's this account called We're Not Really Strangers. And I saw this this morning and it really hit my heart. It's called Questions to Ask Yourself Before the New Need. Before the new year. One, what's one small way you can become a better person in 2020? For others? For yourself? Two, what are you holding on to currently that's no longer serving you? Why are you holding on? What's one small step you can take towards releasing it? Three, set a goal for 2020 that excites you. Set a goal that scares you. Four, what do you want to be a student of in 2020? Five, Who in your life deserves the biggest thank you this year? Let them know if you can. Six, what can you thank yourself for this year? Seven, what have you outgrown this year? Eight, what's an important boundary you'd like to set for 2020? Nine, what's a memory this past year that makes you smile just thinking about it? I hope you get a chance to sit with your journal in the busyness of this holiday season and write out your thoughts about how 2019 went for you. Not necessarily to share honestly with me or with others, but for yourself so that you can think about how you want your 2020 to go. And not because because it's this monumentous new decade, we've got to do better type of situation, but because it's a new year to make a small change if you can. I love you. You are worthy. You are loved. You are chosen just as you are right now. And I'm so excited to see how you grow, how I grow in 2020. I'll see you then, lovelies. Bye! Happy New Year!